Welcome to the FinTV podcast series, where we tap into the collective expertise of the world's leading supply chain, manufacturing, and digital innovators. My name is Maria Villablanca, the co-founder and CEO of Future Insights Network, and I'll be your host. Join us every week to hear the opinions, lessons, and general guidelines from the industry's leading minds. FinTV, insights for today's digital leaders. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the FinTV podcast. Today, I'm joined by Larry Weich, who is the president, CEO, and retired lieutenant general of what, Weich Leadership and Supply Chain Consulting. To be honest, I don't think I could fit everything that Larry has done into my intro because it is an extensive experience. It's a real treat for us. So Larry, thank you so much for being on FinTV. I appreciate it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey so far? Well, Maria, thanks. Uh, for having me, and um, and I'm looking forward to chatting with you today. Well, I I uh, I was raised on a tobacco farm. My folks were sharecroppers, and I I can recall my uncle had returned from Vietnam. Um, I was about 13 years old, and he really looked sharp in his uniform. And he said, "Hey, if you ever want to start in life, join the military." And guess what? I joined the military, um, Maria. I got my first paycheck. It was for $321. And I said, man, is this all I got to do to make this kind of money? I didn't realize that was going to turn into 42 years. <laughs> Life kind of is like that. Life kind of is like that, isn't it? It really is. So I had the opportunity to serve um, um, in numerous ranks from a private to a sergeant. Uh, to a three-star general while I was second in charge of the entire United States Army supply chain, where uh, we had over 11,000 vendors. Um, we had presence in all 50 states, and we supported over 152 countries. And that also included 75% um, of uh, the procurement uh, for our, our Army, um, as well as um, approximately 75% of the research and, and, and development. And I oversaw 120,000 people on day-to-day uh, -day operations. And so when I transitioned in, in, in 2017, I you know, went to give a couple speeches at several organizations. And they asked me, well, do you do executive coaching? Do you do leader development? Do you do strategic planning? And these were supply chain type organizations, large supply chain type organizations. And, you know, I got to thank you, Maria. I said, you know, I'm pretty good at this. And, um, and that's what I've been doing. And I really um, love doing it. You know, a combination of the supply chain, strategic supply chain, um, I would say strategic supply chain, you know, consulting, as well as the leader development aspect of it. And I really enjoyed that. And, and hopefully I can share some insights with, with you in the audience today. Well, it, it's, it seems fair to say that you've got quite a bit of supply chain experience and you've seen your fair share of things in supply chain. You've also written a book, uh, Shirts Off Our Backs, Boots Off Our Feet. Is that right? I did. I, I, uh, in fact, when I, when I transitioned out of the military and I would go get some of these speeches and I've had several individuals approach me and said, have you, do you have any of this in writing or um, is there any additional things that 
I could read, and I had written several articles, and you know, after I had been approached several times, I said, I'm going to put this, I'm going to write a book, and I wrote the book, and the book really focuses on two things. It's how do you um, develop leaders, but it uses supply chain as the foundation builder to tell the stories of what we supply chain professionals go through and how we add value, whether that's to a commander on the battlefield or sitting in the boardroom. Well, you know, clearly there's so much happening in supply chain right now. I mean, you and I were having a little bit of chat before we got recording and I was telling you about how pre-COVID we were all talking about, you know, digital transformation and all the challenges there. Uh, and then COVID hit, obviously, and we're still talking about digital transformation. What seems to be pretty obvious is that there's a lot of failure in digital transformation launches, you know, businesses trying to transform themselves digitally. And everyone I talk to keep talk to keeps telling me that some of the common denominators here are the leadership aspects of digital transformation, not the technology that's failing, but sort of the cultural leadership aspects of implementing digital transformation. What are your thoughts on that? I, I, I think the conversation that you were having with those individuals are, are spot on. Um, if the leadership is not um, invested in change, you're not going to have change. And, and, and we know for sure that little is for sure. The world is unknown and it's unknowable. Mm-hmm. And so it takes a certain type of individual deal and operate in that type of environment. And you have to have the right leaders to do it. And you, 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 just, you just got to take the time to invest in those leaders to be able to deal in these turbulent times. And COVID-19 is, is a perfect example of organizations being prepared and organizations not being prepared. And from my experience, Maria, what I have found is that um, some folks take leader, developing their leaders uh, very seriously and other don't. And just to put it, you know, it, make it very simple for you, you're not sitting in that chair by accident. Hmm. Someone took the time to develop you. You have to do the same for your organization Unfortunately for many, they see that as a big commitment of their time and effort. But it's as, though, day, it's, it's, it's as though people want to spend more time on the more glitzier parts of things like the technology, you know, or the processes. Yes, there are loads of books written, written about leadership and there's lots of conversations around leadership. But in your experience, how much time do you think companies invest in actually developing leader, uh, leaders? Um, my assessment, um, uh, the really good organizations um, spend um, at least 80-85% of their time investing in their leaders. Um, and they have accepted the fact that their people is their most important asset. Yeah. And whereas you get organizations that don't invest the time in their people, I'm, I would say easily about, they're about 30%, uh, they spend about 30% of their time, 20% of their time in that. 
And unfortunately, in those type of organizations, that's where you see a ripple effect of all the other challenges that they may be having from communications, from meeting, um, targeted goals, et cetera, et cetera. So what makes a good leader, in your opinion? Um, the, first, the first thing you have to do, you want to be, you, you have to want to be a leader. And, and, and when I say you, you have to want to be a leader, you have to understand what do you expect a leader to be? Um, and from my experience, having led at one time over 120,000 people of all level, at all levels, uh, you want individuals of character. Mm -hmm. you, 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 you want individuals with integrity. So when you know that you're not there, things are going to happen the right way, Maria. Mm -hmm. You want individuals that have a presence about themselves. You know, um, not overly confident, but you can see they're well-trained from a leadership perspective, technology, uh, technical perspective, and they represent your organization and the reputation of your organization. And you want your a leader to be intellectual. You want them to have that intellectual capacity. You know, would you add to that? Would you, would you add to that maybe some intellectual curiosity as well? You know, absolutely, 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 Maria. They're always asking those those pointed questions to get to the next level. Now that that's what you want leaders to be. Now, what you want leaders to do is three things. You want them um, to develop others. You want leaders to lead. Leaders get paid to lead, to yeah. solve those tough, complex problems. And lastly, let there be no doubt in your mind, leaders get results. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. We, we talked about this before, again, you know, whilst you and I were setting up, we talked about how um, it's managing the present whilst building the future. It seems like a lot of problems occur with people ticking boxes, trying to do their day-to-day -day job without really thinking about the sort of leading others or developing others, the future, the innovation side of their, their, their business. Um, I, in my notes here, I've got something that, that you've said, which is that leaders get paid to solve problems and must be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Uh, tell me a little bit more about that. Absolutely. Um, that comes from a lot of experience. Um, especially after I transitioned out of the military, I, I would ask myself, what, are, what do leaders have to do in these organizations? You know, first they really got to understand that change is going to happen. It's, it's yeah. just going to happen. It's not a perfect world. And they have to be able to operate in that type of environment and feel comfortable doing it. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and I also learned this from being at war. Okay. And, and it doesn't get no more complicated than that. Okay. Well, I was just, I was just going to say, you know, you, you think, you think, you know, supply chain leaders have it hard right now. You were doing this whilst at war. 
that you're, you're absolutely with right. lives at stake with lives at stake yeah and so when i when i really sit down and just reflected on that i said in a humble way what made me successful and it was my ability to solve problems mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you have to train leaders how how to solve problems yeah and so there's a process to doing that. And, and I'll tell you a, a short story to cement my, my position on that, Maria. Uh, I was a young captain going through my, uh, what you call advanced training um, in, in the 19, 1986. And, you know, I felt I would do real well because I, um, I was a prior service uh, individual and and the army had really developed me and so I knew we I would do good as a company commander, which just leading about 150 people. And so, you know, I really really wasn't worried about going into command. I was worried about getting my master's degree. And so right. during a break, I went down and I talked to an instructor. And when I start chatting with the instructor. Uh, and told him, what do I need to do to get a master's degree? Maria, I got the biggest butt chewing of my military. And he said, Captain, you don't need to be worried about getting a master's degree. You need to be worried worried about how do you solve problems as a leader. That was some of the best advice I had ever been given. He gave me this sheet of paper that lists seven problem-solving steps. And he said, you go and put this on your refrigerator and everywhere in your home that you can, and you learn this like the back of your hand. And Maria, I have applied that concept whether I was moving four or five trucks to a warehouse or leading, um, and serving as the senior logistician and supply chain in the country of Afghanistan, supporting over 30,000 soldiers, not to include coalition forces. So understanding how to solve problems and going through that process, uh, and it becomes innate. And so when you're making the decision as a leader, a corporate leader or, or, or a director, um, you're going through that process and as a result of going through that process, you know and you feel good about the decision that you're going to make. And it, it gives you that confidence. It makes you feel that much more comfortable in making that decision. You know, it's funny that you, you say that because whenever I talk to people about the failures of digital transformation, they say that it comes down to not being able to solve the problem of what, or I guess, why am I implementing this technology? What problem am I trying to solve? It's as though people don't ask that question. They sort of implement technology for the sake of implementing technology. You know, I must have AI because everybody's got AI at the moment. I must implement robotics because everybody's got robotics or sensors or what have you. Um, You know, it's as though they forget what problem am I trying to solve? And also where's the customer in all of this? You know, I bet when you were solving your problems, your customer was whoever, you know, the person above you who had demanded something from you, someone else within the army who was asking you for a service. What do you think of that? 
Well, let, I'm going to approach it in two different ways. I'm going to, I'm going to focus on the customer and then I'm going to come back to you and talk about digital transformation from a supply chain perspective. Um, when I wore that uniform, my number one priority was getting our soldiers what they needed. Yeah. And prior to assuming um, the responsibilities as a battalion commander, and I was um, gonna be in charge of about a thousand individuals, I, I literally went out on a hilltop and had a conversation with the man upstairs and said, give me the wisdom to lead this organization and help me develop the right mantra. And this is what I came up with. And this is, this, you can relate it to the title of the book. I said, we are warfighter logisticians and supporters prepared to get a shirts off our backs and boots off our feet to support the fight. We will never, we will never say no as long as we have one gallon of gas to give or one bullet to give. And so if your son or your daughter was out there on that hilltop in the Korngal Valley of Afghanistan and you had to take your shirt off your back or boots off your feet and give it to them so they could take the fight to the enemy and win, you would do it. It's just called customer service. But the customer always has to be at the tip of your spear. And, and, and it colors every decision that you make, doesn't it? You know, it absolutely. should, 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 I say. A a a absolutely, absolutely. And so when we were looking at how do you get something from that hilltop in, the, in some of the most treacherous terrain in the world, something coming all the way from the United Kingdom or DEFCON in the United States, and you're tracking it all the way through the system. And your biggest challenge is once you get it to the ports in Afghanistan, then how you get it to that hilltop. Mm -hmm. uh, you're tracking that and, and, and all you're thinking about is ensuring that, that that soldier, those 40 soldiers on that hilltop get what they are not, need. Yeah, are not caught right. out, but they not, get what they need. They're, they're gonna, they, we could lose their they could lose their lives. So that customer was always first. And I've always felt that even in the civilian world, you have to be, you have to have, you have to be almost just tenacious about making sure you are taking care of that customer. Um, mm -hmm. You know, as a supply chain professional. And maybe start with the customer and walk backwards, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. Walk, walk the process back, find out where the flaws are. So you were gonna to talk to us about digital transformation. What's, what's your view on that? What's... Maria, if, if you are any sizable organization, it is in my opinion, opinion that if you are not employing a digital capability, um, you will struggle to compete. Absolutely. You, you, you will struggle to compete because when you look at this environment and it's so fluid, the right capabilities give you the information to make decisions that much faster. 
you know, everyone's always talked about how change always happens. There's been change since time, you know, time immemorial. But what I think is that the pace of change is so significant today that we as humans can't seem to be able to process the mountains of data, the mountains of information that are coming out that you definitely need to digitize because otherwise you will remain uh, in, in a specific, in a level that will not keep you competitive. That, that's, that's so true. So then let's put that in a supply chain perspective. So the first thing you have to do is see yourself from end to end. The, the, the first question you have to ask yourself, do my organization, organizations um, have the ability to see itself from end to end? That's taken into account the distribution. That's taken into account the procurement. All those key components of supply chain. Because something is happening at every level and then what has to take place is the procurement folks has to know what's happening with the manufacturing mm -hmm. which has to know what's happening with the distribution it, it all fits together and they have to understand the implications of their decision on the supply chain and this digitization allows you to do that. Uh, it allows you to see yourself and it allows you to make very rapid decisions. Decisions that it would take days to do with an Excel spreadsheet, you can do with minutes and minutes with artificial intelligence and other digital capabilities. And I just, when you look at the world, I just don't see how you can survive without it, Maria. Well, but, but that's what I was going to say. I, I, I had an interview a couple of weeks ago with someone who said to me, it's as though up until COVID, we were living in a relatively undisrupted world, you know, and there was change, but there were pockets of change, right? There were pockets that there was war over there, or there was a earthquake over there, or, a, you know, volcanic explosion over there. This is the first big, massive, global scale change. But, and here's this, what, what my guest said, this is the beginning of a trend. We are living in an epoch, in a time of absolute disruption and change. So I just don't see how you can run a supply chain today without the best information to, available to you to make fast decisions. Now you would know this because you were in an, an environment, in a job that required making decisions very quickly. You know, what, what's your view on that? I, I, I think your comments are dead on um, because the ability to make decisions rapidly will allow you to maintain that competitive advantage. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. if, if, if you're not doing that, you're going to show up to the dance and the dance is going to be over. Okay, um, and, and, and so again, if you're not, if you're a sizable company, you, this, this, this capability allows you to uh, make rapid decisions. Now, what do I mean by that? So I wanna go back and I, I wanna put this in practical terms. So you, you see your entire supply chain, you know, global supply chain, you see, you're looking at it. And so 
you have to be able to understand what are the potential choke points in that supply chain from end to end. And then once you do that, you can run what if scenarios. Yeah. Or contingency scenarios. And so now you have those answers right at your fingertip that you're going to get in minutes that's going to allow you to maintain that competitive advantage. And you, you know, I just, I just, I just think right now that uh, the supply chain profession is at a turning point, isn't it? You know, we, we know that pre COVID, I wouldn't say that everything was running smoothly or what have you, but I will say that uh, the coronavirus seems to have uncovered quite a number of cracks in certain supply chains. Um, you know, people, you just can't continue to hobble along as things were before COVID. What's your take on what this current pandemic is going to do to the supply chain industry, to leadership, uh, to, um, to leaders in general, to the profession? Well, I, I think the first thing it will do um, for the supply chain professional is um, the organization leadership now must recognize that that supply chain professional play a critical role in his or her organization. Mm-hmm. And if you're able to take what has happened and get results, you have a seat at the table as a supply chain professional, okay? And, and so now it's an opportunity for us per supply chain professionals to really um, put ourselves in the position to really add, recognize um, value to the organizations because now the CEOs understand the, the, the significance of it. That's number one. Number two, COVID has forced us to ask us the simple question as supply chain professionals is, can we see ourselves? Just, just think about that. Can you see yourself from end to end? Yeah. And do you understand the limitations and capabilities of your supplier? Well, absolutely. You, I mean, think about it. Some of these people couldn't map out uh, their second, third tier suppliers, and that's where you get caught out right now. So are you saying that we need to look at mapping things out as much as we possibly can and look for the weaknesses? You are absolutely right, and you manage those weaknesses and choke points. Right. And that's how your artificial intelligence come in that you can, that you, that, that you, you can use. Um, yeah. And, and you, 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 you have to, you just have to do that. And then thirdly, I, I think the most important piece is the continued leader development of our supply chain professionals. Yeah. You, 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 your leaders are not made in a day. Leaders are made daily. Developing leaders is a journey. And you have to invest in your organization, your people within your organization. Yeah. 
Now, what are the opportunities you think coming out of COVID? Uh, do you think that uh, we can build more resilient supply chains now? Do you think it, it offers the opportunity for the supply chain director or VP to have an elevated voice at the, uh, in a strategic position within the business? What, what, what do you think are the opportunities here? I, I think the, the, the first opportunity, it, it, devil, it definitely um, raises the, the awareness in the potential positioning of the supply chain professional in the organization. Mm -hmm. Without doubt, our supply chain professionals should have a seat at the table. Yeah. There's, there's no if and, and, and buts about it. Well, let, let's be let's be honest. You know, companies with a strong supply chain have a much better chance of weathering these kinds of crises. Business with a bad supply chain really doesn't have a business, does it? That, yeah, you're exactly. You're exactly right. Yeah, you 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 are you you are exactly right. So I think that's the, that's that's very important. And then secondly, I'm gonna go back to the point about seeing yourself. It's a it's a chance and the opportunity really to ensure that you have the right capabilities to provide the required services needed to support the customers and ultimately the shareholders. And so what do I mean? You know, when you, when you look at the reliance on uh, foreign supply chain capabilities, I mean, now we have an opportunity to look at that is, and say, hey, can we really depend on this in the future? H how do we um, streamline this better so we, if we come across, have another crisis like COVID because we have thought it through? So yeah. you can really, it's an opportunity to, to restructure your, your, your supply chain operations. Yeah, I, I and create something more, uh, redesign it, redesign it, create something perhaps that, that's more resilient for change and crisis. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and obviously that comes with a cost. Yeah. But, but you what, know, you really got to sit down and look at the risks that, that it, the risk if you don't do that. Yeah. What about the opportunities to create maybe um, uh, more sustainable business models, you know, more... Uh, responsible business models in terms of sourcing and and uh, global versus local, local versus global, that kind of thing. No, I think that's 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 a great opportunity because it, it, it when it comes to strategic sourcing, I think number one is going to force you to understand where you're spending your money at. Yeah. Okay, and you'll find as a result of this, from the procurement strategic sourcing perspective you'll find out there's contracts you probably got, you, you, you've let that's doing the exact same thing in the state of Virginia that it's doing in the state of Texas. Okay, yeah. and oh, by the way, you're doing the same thing over in Europe. Yeah. So, so looking at your strategic sourcing and understanding what you're providing may serve as a, an opportunity for you to look at it from an umbrella perspective. So you don't have unnecessary redundancy and you're paying for the same thing twice. And, yeah. and that's, that's, another, that's another aspect of, 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 of your ability to see yourself. 
And so when you look at all of those key components of supply chain, there's probably an opportunity in distribution, procurement, um, et cetera, for you to look at, okay, how do we make our best better? You know, how do we get better at getting better? Yeah. And ask, ask yourself the simple question. Okay, if we invest in this, we can really um, ensure that we have a solid foundation as regard in regards to a supply chain that's going to take, that's going to be, that will serve us well if we come across another crisis like we just did with COVID-19. Let's talk about um, people. Uh, we've talked about leadership. You've talked about uh, the, the role of a leader. Um, one of the big concerns is that the more technology we implement within a business, the more likely you're going to need fewer people. So people are feeling nervous, cynical about it. Do you think that technology is something that could, should augment people's work as opposed to replace yeah, people? Yeah, yeah I, 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 I do. And, and, you know, I can recall when we were um, implementing and put a lot of emphasis on um, continuous process improvement. Uh, where we had uh, numerous black belts in the organization, the green belt, et cetera, et cetera. And frankly speaking, people feel their jobs. Mm -hmm. And we end up saving millions and not one person lost their job. Right. What we were able to do is become much more efficient and effective. Now, as a result of those um, improvements, we were able to restructure and put people perhaps in positions that we could get more value from them. And, and I'm, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm, I wasn't born last night. Now there's, there's probably some cases, yeah, you might not need that individual, but on the other hand, there's opportunities where you can, again, reorganize, restructure, where you can figure out a better way to use that individual. Hmm. Um, so let's talk about technology. We've just talked about people. Let's talk about technology. What technology out there excites you, think, you know, that you think is exciting for the future? What's out there that you think we need to watch out for, uh, look out for? Um, artificial intelligence as it relates to supply chain. Yeah. Again, once you're able to see yourself as an organization and you're able to run those various scenarios with artificial intelligence, I am convinced that it will give your organization that competitive advantage. I, I, just, I just truly believe that. And you made a comment earlier about the rapid pace of ch change and you, you have to be on top of that. If not, you're, you're gonna, like I said, you're gonna show up to the dance late. Mm -hmm. And um, that technology plays a key role. Now, um, I also have to share this with you. There's a downside to it as well. Oh yeah? Yeah, so when you just, just imagine, looking at your whole supply chain, from the CEO down, they can easily get overwhelmed with information. Yes. And so you, you really have to be clear 
and concise what information is needed that's going to facilitate you achieving your organization's strategic objectives and goals. Mm -hmm. And what information is needed to mitigate risk that's going to impact achieving those goals. So those are some things you really have to think through when um, implementing and employing technology in your organization. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you're absolutely right. It's not just, you know what I'm going to say? It's not just the pace of change. There's something else at play here. The democratization of technology, right? So technology isn't as expensive as it used to be. I mean, I say that obviously there are exceptions, of course, but there are a lot of disruptors coming up. There are companies, you hear stories about this, you know, companies that are really tiny, innovative startups that come in and disrupt massive conglomerates uh, because they've implemented AI, they've coded, they've got data scientists. So, you know, we really do live in unprecedented times. And I think that the large conglomerates, large businesses have a lot to fear, don't you? There's no, there's, there's no, no, no doubt about it. And, and, and this is a day and time where you cannot take that small organization for granted. Yeah. And because it can, it can put you on your heels if you don't do things right. You know, just look at, and, and without mentioning names, Look at many of the organizations that, um, frankly, was the king and queen back in the day. That's all of a sudden you see them fading away. Where are they now? Yeah, where yeah, are they now? Absolutely right. And you can name five right off the top of your head. It's like, mm -hmm. Likewise here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so don't, take that, don't take these small organizations for granted. Well, exactly. They're agile. They're quick. They've got technology readily available at their fingertips. Uh, and, uh, and I think companies need to really be cautious about uh, taking their sweet time to, uh, to make certain decisions and not change and evolve, right? Uh, right. Let's talk about the profession, uh, the supply chain profession, because I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I didn't have a school counselor saying, you should get into supply chain. Supply chain is something that you should definitely do. Um, I think supply chain has a bit of a bad rap, a bit of a, a, of a bad reputation in that it's seen as this warehousey back office, you know, type of moving boxes on, you know, trains and trucks and so forth. Um, how do you get young, enthusiastic people into this profession today? Well, um, first, let me say, I, 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 I agree with your assessment. And, and this is why it's a labor of love for me. Um, and I can recall um, I was a young captain and I was a fuels person. And my boss um, came to me one day and he said, Larry, I, I kind of want you to shift away from fuels and get into supply chain and logistics because it'll give you more opportunities as you grow, which was some, some, some great advice. And what I've come to believe is that it is people like you and I and these 50 other thousand folks you was telling me about, we have to be the ambassadors of our profession. 
and, and, and go out and tell these young, inspiring individuals that you can make a difference in the organization. Yeah. And, and what you do matters. And, and, and you have to take the time to uh, articulate and explain to them the impact they have on organizations. It's not a just about crunching numbers. It's not about just the warehousing. It's about understanding it from end to end. And that really takes an innate ability to have that strategic outlook. And you just have to take the time to explain that. Now, also, you have to be honest. And let me give you this analogy. You know, being a supply chain professional, and I'm going to use a, a sports team just here. I'm going to use football. Being a supply chain is like being a center on a football team or a lineman on a football team. The, the only time they really get credit is when a penalty is called on them. Yeah. And especially with the center, they touch the football almost every play of the game. Yeah. Okay. They're significant to the operation using that center. The supply chain has to, a profession has to understand they're not the quarterback of the football team. They're not the running back of the football team. And they're not going to get the glory of the wide receiver. But they understand that they are a major player on that team. And they cannot be the weakest link. Yeah. Okay. And so you have to explain that to them and explain to them that it can be a very, very good profession. I love being a supply chain professional. I mean, it's, it's, I, I just love doing it. Well, it's exciting times as well. Let's talk about yes. it. I mean, there's, 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 we're at the advent of a great deal of technological innovation, you know, the use of uh, AI, machine learning, all these kinds of technologies in influencing a business. And the supply chain, like we just keep saying, it's the heart of the business. It's the heart and soul of a business. Without a good supply chain, you don't have a business. So I think being part of that is very important. And then I'm going to add to the next diversity and inclusion, you know, getting different opinions from different backgrounds, not just talking about gender, race, sex, uh, you know, I'm talking about different backgrounds, employing people perhaps from different age groups, from uh, the private sector, the public sector, the, the army, different, what's your, what's your take on the supply chain diversity and inclusion uh, issue? It is one of those things that's a must. Yeah, I mean, you, you want your organization to reflect your environment, your, your, your global environment, um, as well as the environment that you're operating in. And when you look at the environment now, it's a diverse environment. Yeah. And you have to respect others' opinion and and listen because they come at it from a different perspective and you have to bring this diversity and inclusion in your organization and say just ask yourself a simple question how do we use diversity and inclusion 
to achieve the strategic objectives of this organization. Mm -hmm. And this is another thing when it comes back to leadership. Uh, leadership, in my opinion, is about bringing the best out in people. And, and, well, and, like you said, getting results through other people, getting those results. Right. That's right. And so I, you, you, it's, it's, in today's world, diversity and inclusion is a must. Yeah. And it's just something we have to work on. Um, and we're not there yet, by no. far. No. So lastly, what advice, practical advice, would you give to the supply chain professional today who is trying to manage the complexity of operating in a COVID environment and innovating? and staying competitive? In other words, doing everything. Um, the, the first thing I would, I would tell you to do is take care of yourself. It may sound like motherhood and apple pie stuff, but take care of yourself and have balance in your life. That you, you, you just, you, 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 you have to do that. What I would tell you secondly, Take your time to develop yourself as a leader. And this is all the way from your CEO of your company to your senior vice presidents, to your vice president, to your directors, to your first line supervisor. Because it's all about getting better at getting better. You know, it's all about how do you make your best better? And, and, and those type things just doesn't happen. You know, what, it, what I learned as a three-star general with 120,000 people is you train a direct report to you differently than you train a young director. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you, you have to learn the difference between coaching and mentoring. And, and mm -hmm. this is all, again, this is, this is about developing yourself as a leader. The other thing I would tell you, you have to become technically competent. You have to invest the time to get good at what you do. It's not going to be given, it's, it's not going to be given to you. It's just not. Larry, it's been great having you. It's been great having a conversation with you. Uh, I really appreciate that. And, uh, you know, we'll be seeing you at our upcoming Transform event. I know you're going to be speaking there at the, at the end of October, where uh, you're going to be talking to us about leadership and supply chain post-crisis problem solving. Um, and for everyone here, please, you know, look up Larry. Uh, I'm sure we can reach you on a LinkedIn, but also check out the book, Shirts Off Our Backs, Boots Off Our Feet. Uh, thanks so much, Larry. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Maria. Godspeed. Be safe. Likewise.